like the Buffalo Bills. What's up, Buffalonians? It's your boy, Nick English. If you want the facts, the stats, and all the sports info in the 716, you have come to the right place. This is English Encore, Buffalo's favorite sports channel. I'm your host, Nick English. I greatly appreciate everyone for tuning in for today's episode. If you do not follow me on Instagram already, please give me a follow there at English Encore Podcast. It would be greatly appreciated. Today, I'm going to be going into some Sabres talk as now the NHL trade deadline is officially over. Taylor Hall, Curtis Lazar, Brandon Montour are all gone from the Buffalo Sabres. Going to kind of go over a trade deadline grade for Kevin Adams. Talk about their comeback win versus the Philadelphia Flyers. Do a little bit of preview for tonight's game against the Boston Bruins. And then also talk about Linus Allmark and Don Granado. And then we're going to go into a 2021 NFL mock draft for the Buffalo Bills. It's been a few months since I've done one. Now that it's getting very close to draft time. And I've done a lot more research. Listened to a lot of different podcasts. A lot of different draft analysts. I've gone through a full 7 round mock draft. And given my reasons for each pick. And then we're going to close today's show. Talking about a position that I don't think a lot of people realize. Is actually a position of need for the Buffalo Bills. And there are some few free agents out there that I think the Bills could still snag um, and bring in before the season starts. That would really give them some good veteran depth. So let's kick things off with the Buffalo Sabres. So they're coming off of a nice comeback win versus the Philadelphia Flyers. They do play the Boston Bruins tonight, but the Philadelphia Flyers game was really good. They were down 2-0, come back and end up winning the game by a score of... 5-3, 5-3, to three, excuse me. Um, Casey Middlestat, another really strong game for him. He ends up getting the last goal of the game in an empty net goal. Rasmus Asplund once again, proving why we didn't need to sign Cody Eakin as he has already scored five goals in the limited games that he has played. Jeff Skinner, I think, had one of his best games of the year. He scores a really good gritty goal while being tripped up by Claude Giroux in front of the net and then him and Sam Reinhart executed a play in which Jack Eichel and Jeff Skinner um, made work a few years ago against the Montreal Canadiens where Jeff Skinner wins the faceoff to himself and then gives an easy tap in shot for Reinhart to bury Reinhart sources 14th of the year R2 Roostalainen another guy that should have been up here most of the year benching a guy like Kyle Oposo into the minors or is playing over Tay Thompson. I know Thompson's been playing better as of late, um, but that's a guy that's probably should have been up here all year. A cannon of a shot that should be on the second power play. Hopefully, Granado ends up doing that sooner rather than later. Dylan Cousins back. First game back um, from injury. Gets an assist on the Rooster line and goal. Linus Allmark is stellar in net once again, making a ton of saves at a critical time. Um, throughout the game but he makes 40 saves on 43 um, shots against only allowing three goals so really nice job by the Sabres to finally be putting some good wins together and just a better on ice product for the fans Um, kind of transitioning before I get into the NHL trade deadline there's been a lot of talk lately about Granado being the full-time head coach for the Buffalo Sabres now do I think Don Granado's done a good job 
so far based on what he's had to work with and the circumstance when he came in yes i think granado has given the media a lot of straight answers the fans can be happy with what he puts out in pre and post game press conferences um he's a straight shooter and he's done a decent job for what's been in front of him obviously they held out taylor hall before the deadline jack eichel has obviously been hurt um defensemen have been hurt all year so granado's doing a decent job that being said i do not want him as the full-time head coach you know he's still an under 500 coach it'd be a different case and story where these last games you know the sabers end up going on a winning 13 out of 18 or something ridiculous like that then i think maybe that'd be something you'd consider um however i just think they need to bring in a more experienced you know head coach that's been in the nhl before and has been a head coach i don't want another Ralph Kruger who's like an exotic outside the box hire who had a brief stint as an NHL head coach I don't want one of these assistants that has some up-and-coming talent like a Phil Housley Um, I don't want a Ted Nolan type I don't want someone from an AHL team and even for the college ranks for that matter I'd rather go and get um, a Boost Boudreaux type Claude Julien whoever it may be that can come in and really hold the players accountable set that standard to me by hiring granado you're not setting a standard that you want to win games you're setting the standard that oh this guy did just enough to get us to being 500 since kruger got fired and we're okay with that that shouldn't be the mindset that this organization needs to have um based on where they've put their fans over these last 10 years and not making the playoffs they need to go out and try to win now i know that's hard to say based on what their roster looks like but that's the attitude that they need to have. So I just don't think Granado is going to be the answer. If the new head coach wants to keep Granado on as an assistant or something, by all means, um, he can do that. But um, overall, I just don't see um, the answer for Granado for the Sabres. However, the Pagulas might, on the other hand, want to hire him because he would be a cheap option. So we'll see where things go with there. Kevin Adams definitely has his hands full. Getting to Kevin Adams, overall, the trade deadline, I would give Kevin Adams a c plus with the potential going up to like a b depending on what happens with linus allmark so linus allmark was not moved at the deadline it was reported that the sabers and him are working on an extension and those stocks are still ongoing however if allmark decides to leave or they have given an indication that he wants to leave which he hasn't and test the open market and you weren't able to get anything for him because you didn't realize that or you didn't get a deal done um, that's going to be a huge negative on Kevin Adams' resume. If he's able to get a deal done, that's great. However, Linus Allmark holds all the cards. I went through before um, on last week's episode about the goalies that are available um, between, you know, Tuka Rask, Frederick Anderson, um, Grubauer from Colorado. There isn't a lot in the goaltending market unless you're going to make a trade. So Allmark can really get paid. If you look at their arbitration, Olmark was asking for a little over $4 million last time. I think he could get anywhere from 4 to $5 million with a new deal. So we will see what happens there. Taylor Hall, the deal itself wasn't great. They end up trading Taylor Hall and Curtis Lazar to the Boston Bruins for a second-round pick and Anders Bjork. Not a huge fan of Bjork. 30 games played this year, two goals, three assists for five points. He's negative eight. Kevin Adams says he has a lot of offensive upside. I just haven't seen it. He's played four years in the NHL, has never had over 20 points. Um, so we'll see what happens there. 
that he the rumor was that Adams did ask for two or one of the two Boston goaltenders that are high on the prospects list. However, Boston was unable to willingly to do that. And then the other big thing, which I don't think a lot of people realize until it was leaked yesterday and everyone was making a huge deal about the Kevin Adams not getting a first-round pick, considering what teams were getting for guys like Nick Foligno, um, even Jacob Verona for that matter. I know he's produced more than Hall this year, but I think Hall's probably a better overall player. Um, was that Taylor Hall had a no-trade clause, so he had to waive that to go wherever he wanted. The only team he was willing to do that for was Boston. There were other deals apparently in the Western Conference on the table, including an offer from Vegas. So Kevin Adams was very much hands tied behind his back, couldn't do a lot. So getting a second round pick in Bjork, if he turns out okay, I think him and Lazar is kind of a flop just based on the way Asplund, Gergensons will be back next year. Lazar probably wasn't going to be on this team going forward anyway. Um, so really they got Taylor Hall for a second round pick, which is okay. You prefer to get a first but we'll see what happens and what they use that pick to do, whether it's make another trade or move up in the draft or who they actually select. And then they traded Brandon Montour, actually, as I was recording my last week podcast that I talked about at the end, they moved him to the Florida Panthers for a third-round pick. You'd like to get a second-round pick, but I think just based on what the Sabres have looked like this year, Brandon Montour has been up and down. He's been playing better as of late. Um, but So overall, at the deadline, Adams was able to get a second-round pick, a third-round pick. Anders Bjork, so an okay deadline. You would have, I would have liked to have seen a move for Salinen or Colin Miller or both. We'll see what happens in the offseason, um, especially with those guys' cap hits. Um, just looking at, you know, next year, you know, Skinner, Eichel, Cousins, hopefully Reinhardt, Olofsson, Middlestack, Gergensens, Asplund, Roostalainen. You have finally some center depth, whether they decide to keep Reinhardt at center or move him back to the wing is going to be up to the next head coach. So we'll have to see what happens there. Overall, though, the Sabres have been playing a lot better. Um, it's finally something that the fans can watch and not be completely ashamed of on TV. But I think a very disappointing trade deadline overall, just based on what they got back. And I think fans and media wanted a little more movement um, from Kevin Adams. But like I said, I give him a C plus with potential to go up a little higher depending on the Allmark situation because if he doesn't re-sign, then it's just an absolute um, mess with the organization because who knows who their goalie would be next year then. Moving on to my mock draft for the Buffalo Bills. The draft is under a month from now. So it's time to go through and I'm going to talk about why I specifically pick each of these players. So I use the Draft Network website. If you pay for the premium, you can actually go through up and down. You get trade offers. You can make trades. Um, I don't pay for the premium, so I just picked wherever the Bills are at currently. I do think the Bills had the potential, just based on how Brandon Bean is drafted in the past, to move up in rounds three and four, just because there is no fourth-round pick this year for the Bills, and they have a couple of fifth-round picks, so I wouldn't be surprised they try to move up. But at number 30 overall, I think it's very clear that the Bills should be taking a cornerback just based on the fact that it's one of the deepest cornerback classes in a long time. I know edge rusher is a need for the Bills, and we didn't really address it that much in free agency. However, just the, if you look over the past 10 years of drafting where the Bills are slotted at in the late half of the first round, generally edge rushers have not produced at that level. Um, a lot of busts have happened when defensive ends have been drafted there. 
So I think the Bills, I mean, we've already seen what they've done with Tredavis White picking at 27. I think you need to grab another corner and solidify, you know, this position because if Tredavious White was to go down with an injury, you're already thin on the other side with Dane Jackson and Levi Wallace as is. So I think it's a good opportunity with a lot of stud cornerbacks um, going to probably be on the board. Um, Certain and J.C. Horn are definitely not going to be there when the Bills pick unless they trade up. Newsome, Greg Newsome from Northwestern is a very interesting name. I don't think he's going to be there when the Bills pick. So in round one, pick 30, this is another player that may or may not be there. I think he will be just based on some injury concerns. And that's Caleb Farley, the cornerback from West, or excuse me, from Virginia Tech. 6'2", elite ball skills, would be immediate starter and upgrade over Levi Wallace day one. Like I said before, though, his injury history is a bit concerning. He did tear his ACL in a non-contact injury in 2017, and he missed a few games last year um, with some back spasm issues. However, he was cleared at his pro day, and the doctors gave all good indications. So to me, if a player like this is there, he is well worth the risk. Um, if Newsom was there, I would prefer him, but based on the way the board fell to me, I decided to go Caleb Farley, the cornerback from Virginia Tech there. In round two, pick 61, I decided to go with Creed Humphrey, the interior offensive lineman from Oklahoma. The reason I went with him, six foot five, 312 pounds. He has a lot of versatility. He's a starter and a leader when he was at Oklahoma. He has the ability to play guard and center. And I think, you know, based on Mitch Moore's injury history, we don't know what Cody Ford's going to be. And John Feliciano, you know, is very hit and miss at times. I think he'd be a very good developmental um, interior guard with ability to start, I think, this year if need be, or he improves enough that he would be better than a guy like Feliciano and he kind of just fell right into my lap I didn't think he was going to be there in the second round third round pick 93 was very hard because there were a handful of players on the board I was kind of leaning between going edge between then or waiting to the fifth round I elected to wait till the fifth round to take an edge rusher um the reason I did so was because uh Tyler Shelvin the interior defensive lineman from LSU was just sitting there um I mean this dude is just a beast Six foot three, 362 pounds. He is an ideal fit that he would play almost like a Harrison Phillips type role his first few years where he's going to come in for rundowns, short yardage. But this guy is going to eat up a ton of blockers and he's going to be able to learn from Ed Oliver and start Latule. And the big thing last year without having star was Ed Oliver had to play a lot of one tech, which he really isn't suited for. Um, Tyler Shelvin is. He's a perfect one technique guy. So I think he'd be slotted right in behind Star with Harrison Phillips, kind of being those subs that come in right away, even with guys like Vernon Butler. And we'll be able to develop really nicely, play a limited role for the Bills this year, um, and probably flash at times, and then really get to use him two, three years down the line and create a great pairing between him and Ed Oliver. Bills have no picks in round four. Um, like I said, Brandon Bean could move up. Round five, at picks 161 and 174. I'm just going to do them together because I decided to go double edge rusher because we saw what happened last year in the playoffs. The Bills have not gotten enough pass rusher over the two years or past few years. And I think it's a great opportunity to add a couple guys. If they don't make the team, it's not a huge loss. But if you can find a guy, you know, the Bills have found some hidden gems. So I first at 161, I directed Rashad Weaver, the edge rusher from Pittsburgh. Seven and a half sacks last year. He's a good run stopper. He needs to get a little bit more technically sound in his edge rushing abilities. And then Shaka Tony, the edge rusher from Penn State, kind of a raw talent, 
has some natural pass rushing ability though. I think he'd actually be really good to learn behind Jerry Hughes. And then maybe if one of these guys pans out, they'll be on the opposite side of AJ Epinesa one day. Going to round six at pick 213, I actually really like this pick. And I think this is a guy that Bills would really target um, if he is there. And that's Amir Smith-Marset, the wide receiver from Iowa. Um, just the perfect gadget player for Brian Dable's offense. I think he's a better version of Isaiah McKenzie. Blazing speed, has return skills. Um, I think that'll allow the Bills some versatility to not have to put McKenzie back there. He can do a lot of things on offense. He can really stretch the field. Um I don't want to compare him to John Ross because John Ross hasn't really panned out, but he has that type of game, you know, breaking ability. And then in round seven, the last pick in the draft, and it's actually going to help me segue into the last topic for today's show. Um, pick 236, uh, I went with Ashiri Croswell, uh, the safety from Arizona State. So Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde are obviously the best safety tandem in the NFL, in my opinion. I've talked about that multiple times on this show, and a lot of me and people would probably agree with me, not just from Buffalo. But after, you know, Poyer and Hyde, there really isn't a ton of depth at the safety position for the Buffalo Bills. You have Jaquan Johnson and Josh Thomas, who was an undrafted rookie last year, who has some good upside. Saran Neal has played safety and he kind of plays that safety um, nickel corner type role so he could fill in if needed but with Dean Marlowe leaving it's a very thin position for the Bills so I think adding one in the sixth seventh round of the draft would be very smart for them maybe even sooner if there's a prospect they really love um, we'll get into more draft topics you know as the draft gets really close I'm probably gonna be doing actually a live session with the guys from 42 North 78 West show I'm doing a live draft reaction for at least the first day of the draft and maybe even the second. But I just want to talk about some free agents that are still available at the safety position currently that I think the Bills could bring in on a cheap contract and kind of a prove-it deal for some of these older type players that might be able to get one last contract after this year. So number one on my list is Kenny Vaccaro. He spent time with the Tennessee Titans most recently and then before that was with the New Orleans Saints. Very good player. This is a player that's been a pro bowler before. Very uh, versatile. He just had a lot of injury issues the past few years. Seems like he's fully healthy now. I think he actually plays a very similar type brand of football to Jordan Poyer. So I think that guy, putting him behind a guy like Poyer and bringing him in for certain situations would be a huge help for the Bills. I think Trey Boston is probably the best name for what I'm talking about. Just because he was former Carolina Panther. Has experience with Sean McDermott, knows the defense, could come in and fill in for an injury if needed and play a limited role. Um, and I think he, any of these players I'm talking about, I think would be an upgrade over Dean Marlowe personally. I think Dean Marlowe can get to these type of players' levels eventually. I think he's still very young and just needs to continue to develop and play, which I think he's going to do. And I'll have a chance to start in Detroit. And then another player that's a little bit interesting to me, I'm not a huge fan of him, but I think he fits in the Leslie Frazier scheme. And that's Bradley McDougal, um, who played for the Jets last year, also has played for the Seahawks in the past. Didn't have an amazing season last year, but like I said, I think he fits um, the zone scheme for the Bills defense. Has the ability to play man coverage. Is a pretty good um, at tracking the ball in the air and pinpointing it against other receivers. Um, so I think he would be an interesting addition. Of those three, I think Trey Boston would be the most likely. I would love Kenny Vaccaro the most out of them, and I think Bradley McDougal would probably be the cheapest of the three. 
I think Brandon Bean is going to start bringing in some more safeties and cornerbacks. Um, TJ Carey came in for a workout today for the Buffalo Bills, so we'll see if they end up signing him. So getting quarterback and safety depth, I think, is a huge thing. I think the Bills are pretty set at linebacker, and then they just need more depth at the defensive tackle spot, and they do need another edge rusher. Offensively, you know, I didn't take a tight end or running back in my mock draft. Big reason for that is the only way I see the Bills doing that is if a guy like Najee Harris, Travis Etienne, is there in round one, and some of these elite cornerbacks like Farley Newsome and them aren't there, and you can get a guy like Melifon Wu or Asante Samuel Jr. in the second round, I think you might see a running back get taken there. Tight ends are just very hard to develop. It takes them two to three years. I think they're invested in Dawson Knox. I think they like what they have in Jack, excuse me, Jacob Hollister. They've talked about Jesse James potentially being a Buffalo Bill, filling that Lee Smith, you know, blocking role, but also a huge red zone threat. I believe he's six foot seven. Um, so, you know, I really went defensive heavy a lot in this draft. You know, I went a cornerback, a defensive line, two edge rushers, and a safety, and only took two offensive players with Creed Humphrey and Amir Smith-Marset. But I think that'd be a really good draft for the Bills. Honestly, if they can get some sort of combination of a cornerback, offensive lineman, and edge rusher in the first three rounds, um, I think that's a huge win for the Bills. I trust whatever Brandon Bean's going to do, um, and I think it's going to be a really exciting draft for the Bills. But that's going to pretty much do it for today's episode. I appreciate everyone for tuning in. Me and Zach will be back this weekend. We're going to be doing an NBA podcast episode. We're going to kind of go over our own list that ESPN came out with for the best players under 25. A lot of scrutiny on that list. We're probably going to talk about Jamal Murray, who unfortunately today um, tore his ACL, what that means for the Denver Nuggets. Talk about a lot of other things, how well Steph Curry, Zach Levine have been playing lately. But we'll get to that this weekend, so stay tuned for that. And once again, if you do not follow me on Instagram, please give me a follow there at English Encore Podcast. It would be greatly appreciated. hope everyone is staying safe and healthy. This has been English Encore Podcast, Buffalo's favorite sports channel. These guys are good. Scary good. What a connection. Allen and Diggs. No one circles the wagon like the Buffalo Bills.